welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pastors of the Roundtable. Scott's laughing at me over here. He's just, I've got him on mute, so you can't hear him because he's hes always got to laugh about something that I'm doing. And uh, so uh, we're glad you're back, though. Um, this is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, your usual uh, group here, uh, Dave Arnold, Scott Slater, Tim Iguangeli, Spencer Snow. We're continuing our study through the Baptist faith and message. Last week we talked about um, the Baptist faith and message and what it teaches us about Scripture. So we talked about um, its inerrancy, its inspiration, infallibility. Uh, today we want to talk about the next chapter, which is uh, uh, God. So what does the Baptist faith and message teach about God, who he is, um, uh, the kind of being he is, and, and so on. So I'll read the not the whole thing, but just the opening uh, paragraph that it says here uh, about um, who God is. It says here, there is one and only one living and true God. He is an intelligent, spiritual, and personal being, the creator, redeemer, preserver, and ruler of the universe. God is infinite in holiness and all other perfections. God is all-powerful and all-knowing, and his perfect knowledge extends to all things, past, present, and future, including the future decisions of his free creatures. To him we owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience. The eternal triune God reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with distinct personal attributes, but without division of nature, essence, or being. And then underneath that, it goes through God the Father, God the Son, and uh, God the Holy Spirit with uh, uh, d- quick, um, I guess, little paragraphs for each of the persons of uh, the the Trinity. So here, talking about who God, who God is. Whenever I was growing up in, um, as the son of a, you know, in, in SBC life, whenever we had uh, hymnals back then, I remember the opening song to the hymnal was "Holy, Holy, Holy." At least in our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has always been one of my favorite hymns. And um, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song will rise to thee. And then it closes, right? God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Um, That hymn being placed at the very beginning of the hymn book, I think, is very appropriate because it it right away sets our focus upon the, the whole center of Christianity, which is not ourselves, but the triune God, and not simply God out there abstractly, but God as he has manifested himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. How important is the doctrine of God? Um, is it okay if we waffle on some of these things, or you know what I mean? How important is it that we understand some of these things? Because this topic can get scary to people. Um, I think sometimes because there's there's words that are used that um, that we you know like God is omnipresent or omnipotent or omniscient, um, and the doctrine of the Trinity can be daunting to people, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question is, have you ever encountered that? And and what would you say to somebody who's kind of uh, daunted by this, or maybe they're tempted to say, it doesn't really matter as long as we all love Jesus, that's okay, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say 
this is worth doing your work on because again what we've been stressing often is we have a, a faith that is a knowledgeable faith we we are told to know what you believe in and so I don't want to put my faith in something I don't I don't know or even that I don't understand. Correct. I guess I guess I shouldn't say it. I probably do that every day. I don't really fully know how a roller coaster works, but I would get on one. Sure. And I'm essentially kind of put my faith in it. But I'm not I don't know every little nook and cranny of it. So there's probably many things in my life that I do put some faith in not fully understanding. But when you're talking about something as big as my salvation, my relationship with God, my sin being forgiven, I I want to know this. Uh, same way when I would work at places, you know, I've, I've had a lot of different jobs. And I remember one of the places I worked, I was in quality control, and I wanted to know what we were making. Mm-hmm. I want to know how it functions and works so that then I can do my job better to tell you if it's a quality product or not. Correct. Right? And so I want to know this, and part of your job then is to learn those things. Well, as a Christian, you want to know the God that you serve. You want to know the God that has saved you through his son. And so... You had mentioned, you know, some of some of God's attributes that can be that can be a struggle. Um, Table Talk Magazine actually is on the attributes of God. Mm. Uh, this last episode, this last issue, and was just reading some of them. But you know, the aseity of God, mm-hmm. the I am. He says, "I am. Mm-hmm. I am what I. I am who I am." What What does that mean? Mm. Well, it's hard to wade into that, but you need to know this, or that God never changes. The immutability of God. He never changed. Why is that important? And what does that mean for us? And what does that mean about God? And like you said, Spencer, some people just say, ah, let's just, let's just be about Jesus. Well, there's a, <laughs> you can't, you can't just, you can't do that because again, define who Jesus is, mm-hmm. define what that means. How right. does that relate to the father right. and to the Holy spirit? Because if, if you say certain things, you were labeled a heretic then a long time ago Correct. by the church and still Correct. today. And so we have to know these, uh, these different nuances, even yeah. uh, of God, and I would say again, if we're if we're Bible believing Christians, and we believe that we were lost, completely lost, and could not find our way on our own, but yet God sent His Son and saved our soul. If all this is true, then if there's one thing I should know about, it should be who is this God, mm-hmm. and what does He? What you know? Who is yeah. He? And no matter what amount of work it takes to get there, I should know him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the parable of uh, that Jesus says about the guy knows there's a treasure in the field. And so what does he do? He goes home and gets rid of everything so he can buy the field. Right. Right. He wants to buy the field because of what's in the field. Right. It's worth it. And uh, I would argue, and I think you guys would as well, that it's worth taking time and effort mm-hmm. to know this God. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Calvin starts off his institutes by our true wisdom consists in these two parts, our knowledge of God and of ourselves. But we can't understand who we are unless we understand who God is. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he outlines that really well yeah. with great specifics. And so, yeah, very good. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think, I mean, uh, the first commandment, mm-hmm. you should have no other gods before me. Well, which God are you? Who are you? You know, that's and that's that was the question of uh, um, Moses whenever God appeared to him at the burning bush and said, "Well, who should I say sent me? What do I? What is his name?" Um, and I think one of the things that I would like to encourage people is 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 um, whenever we approach this topic in particular, 
it's a good thing that you feel uncomfortable because I feel uncomfortable and inadequate. That's the way Moses felt. What does it mean that God is the I am? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, and, and similarly, the doctrine of the Trinity, we believe it. I don't, I, I know what the, I know what the Bible says that I am called to place my trust in who he is, but I don't understand how this all works, but I know what he's told me about himself. One of the things we can say as well in all of when we're reading the Bible in general, but particularly with respect to who God is, we will never be able to fully comprehend who God is, but we can begin to describe who he is. And that's what the church has done for 2,000 years. And before that, the Old Testament, defining and describing for us who Jesus, who God is. Um, and I'm also reminded of the verse from Jesus's prayer, uh, John chapter 17, uh, Jesus says this in verse three, he says, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So that's what eternal life is. That's what salvation is, is knowing who God is, what he's done for us and how he's shown himself to us in the sending of his son and the sending of the spirit at Pentecost, knowing who this God is and um, who he is for us um, as as well. So let's start off a little bit here um, where it opens up here. The right away it says this, the Baptist faith, the message says, there is one and only one living and true God. So right away we're, we're reminded that God is a uniquely He's, a, he's God is uniquely one in his being. This reminds me of uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God mm-hmm. is one God. The great Shema. Yeah. As the Hebrew scholars The great confession of the Old Testament, which is there is only one being. There's only one instance of divinity. There are many instances of humanity, of, the, of human nature, billions of instances. Mm-hmm. There's only one instance of divine, of the divine nature, and that is the one true and living God. There's not multiple instances. There's only one being, one essence, one whatness of divinity, and that is the Lord our our God. The Lord is one. Um, so, whenever we say the Lord is one and only one living and true God, what does this do for us? Why is that an important affirmation? Um, for us to make that there's only one. He's unique. How does that highlight his uniqueness uh, to us? Well, I mean, it sets us apart from other uh, people of the world, you know, like paganism, uh, the Roman culture, the Greek culture. You see many gods, you see, and, and, and we're not alone in saying there's one God. There's other yeah. faiths who have said that over time. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but. Uh, it does it does set us apart in that way. And while we might say, oh, there's many gods, little g, and what we mean, though, are false, false gods that Correct. people have put up in their life. Um, or even in the Old Testament, you see it like with Baal, you know, and right. where is your God? Still, still was called a God, right? Baal was called a God. Um, but we know that it's not a, it's not a real God. Or even uh, Paul as he walks around town and sees all these statues and different things to all these gods would even say, I noticed all these gods, but you got one to an unknown God. Let right. Me, let me tell you about this one. And he says, he is God. 
Correct. To create it all. Um, and so I guess we're, we are unique in that. Um, mm-hmm. This is where it gets difficult. If there's ever a topic where I want to have notes with me, it's this topic because of how much words matter. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to stray into the wrong realm, I guess, as you talk. Uh, because we do serve one God, and we're saying that, but we do also speak of God the Father, God the Son, and God mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And so we, we have to be able to discuss that mm-hmm. in appropriate terms and what we mean by that. Because mm-hmm. I really think that's then what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what really sets yeah. us apart right. is the one in three mm-hmm. discussion. Yes, absolutely. Um, that I just, I just want to be very careful in talking yeah. about it. That's yeah. why I say I like to have my notes close yeah. by uh, so yeah. that I don't step on any landmines by accident. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you're right. And this, this whole discussion field is littered with landmines yeah. that you can so easily, um, you know, misdescribe God, not in, maybe not even intentionally, but you can, that's why that it took the church. It's fascinating. The early church, really the first, what, 500 years, um, up till, yeah, about first 500 years or so was really hammering out who is God, the one God, but then Jesus is God. And that, but there's also this father who's God and the Holy Spirit, he's also God, but there's only one God. So how do we, what terms can we, how can we you know, properly define this or describe this without real, but try to get our, you know, try to get our minds somewhat around it, mm-hmm. but realizing we can never ultimately yeah. grasp the depths. Cause wasn't it here. like the discussion of one letter in Latin? Yeah. Homo usian and homo, homo, homoi. Yeah. Homoi or is that, homo. Is that the St. Nick thing? Was that oh. what St. Nick was part of? St. Nicholas at the Council Seriously. of... Uh, yeah, was it oh. Nicaea or Constantinople where supposedly he beat the Aryan guys up? But I mean, that was yeah. what he became <laughs> yeah. famous over was this fight, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. literally punched him in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah supposedly. Yeah. That's where we get St. Nick from. Yeah. 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 It was uh, a gift to all of us. Yes. 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 Right. yes. But it's like the difference between... Help me if I'm, I'm wrong is, or right. Is it's is like he, substance. Is he of the same yeah. or is yeah. he of a similar? Yes. Substance. Substance. Is he similar or the same? or similar. And it was one letter. Right. In Latin. Right. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. was like this one letter will determine. Was he, was he homo or homoi? Are you orthodox or are you not? Right. Right. And that's why homo I'm saying. meaning man. Yeah. Meaning same. Same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Same. Homo is man. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah same or yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, this is why I'm saying like you want to have your notes close by mm-hmm. because it's it's something that brilliant men have fought over. Uh, years ago for us mm-hmm. in church history that yeah. we now stand on and say, yes, this is what orthodoxy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to explain that more. If you are getting there, I, I'm not trying No, to I know you're, you're really good. I think <clears throat> real quick before we go into some of those things there, yeah. which are very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that God is one um, automatically, and, and you think about that Old Testament confession, the mm-hmm. Lord your God is one. And mm-hmm. what, what follows right after that? You love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, because he is one. All of my affections, all of my desires, all of my longings, and all of my hope and all my trust are to be pulled away from all these other things and redirected back to the one mm. God. And similarly, God, in, like in Isaiah, right, he's battling God. Isaiah here is, is calling, God is using Isaiah, saying, why are you placing all your trust in all these other things? You're trusting in kings or idols or whatever. 
I am the only God, therefore I am the only Savior mm-hmm. you can have. Look to me and be saved. So this uniqueness, again, is drawing us away, not simply from other gods to him as the only God, but away from all other redeemers, all other saviors to him. Mm-hmm. So that's what this uniqueness, the unparalleled, um, you know, and that's where, again, it, it highlights to us, um, if I can say this way, um, God is a rare species. There's only one example mm. of him. Mm. There's multiple examples of humanity. In the, we've got four examples of humanity in this room. We're four persons, but we're also four different examples of beings of, of humanity. But mm. with God, there's only one. He's in a class by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is in a category by himself. We had to create a category just for God because he's the only example of divinity. And that should create within our hearts, I think, awe, reverence, and awe, because there is no one like him. And that draws our hearts to worship him and to trust him and to want to... That's why That's why the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism exists. Um, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, because there's no other... El- no one else in this category, no one else in this class of, of mm-hmm. godhood. He is the first and the only one in his class. So I think that's why people are so hesitant too to wade into this. It's because it's so foreign. I mean it's yeah. just it is. It's just it's just so not like us. Now now we've been made in God's image and stuff which we'll get at later episodes, but it's just so apart from us, you know. Yeah. And so when you start talking about the attributes of this God and what the Bible says about him, it's just hard to even to think about or wrap our head around because mm. we're just so different yeah. yeah, and so small compared to that. God is never changing. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, I change all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just hard yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're He's right. He's not learning and growing. He, he, got, he doesn't need that. It's like, wow. So let's start off right here. This is the great example to start off what you're talking about. First of all, the Baptist faith, the message says God is infinite. Yeah, infinite is what I was thinking. What yeah. does... The word, what does infinity look like? Well, infinite means without limits. You know, I mean, yeah. there's no, I mean, so we're, we're restricted by time and space. Mm-hmm. We're in the present moment. God is not restricted. He sees all as one. I think C.S. Lewis had a great, he sees our past story into the present and he sees the future. He sees it all as one narrative, right. if you will, whereas we are stuck yeah. from space and time. So infinity doesn't mean a long sequence Mm -hmm. of things. There's no, see, for us, we progress and go through a sequence of whether that be time or steps. God is beyond sequence. See, it's too hard to think about. I mean, really, (laughs) you you hit my mental capacity. Right. It's just like imagining that God is experiencing, well, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. Yeah. God's experiencing every moment of time simultaneously. Same, yes. Well, and I, yeah. It's like, but he yeah. doesn't experience time. It's something no. outside of him. He created it. Actually, the, and this is the thing is, yeah, God doesn't move. One of the things too is, um, I mean, this is crazy. I was reading a book about uh, whether or not God changes. And it was a, it was written by a Catholic guy, but it was really good stuff. But one of the things he was talking about is for us as human beings, we move from 
potential, what we, what we possibly could be into actuality. Mm. So we're constantly, so for instance, as a child, I move from adolescence into teenage years into adult. I progress and evolve. And I'm moving from potentialness, what I could be, into what I ought to be. Mm. But with God, there is no potentiality in him. Mm. He is fully active as who he is. Mm-hmm. So it's impo- for, so the only way for him to change would be for him to decrease who he is mm. because he's already full on mercy, full on love, full on justice. He is that. He is his attributes. And he's always been that. He's always, I mean, <laughs> never yeah, a start he's outside of time. And yeah. so I think you're right. I think when you start saying these things, it, it, it's mind blowing. Um, but I guess that's the point isn't it? Because there's only one in his class. Mm. Um, so he's infinite in his holiness. He's beyond counting in his, in all of his perfections. And we talk about, um, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal in his goodness, justice, wisdom, righteousness, holiness, truth, all of these attributes of God. He's infinite in all of them. Mm. Um, so secondly, it's, we, uh, the next part it says also is God is all-powerful. The, the Baptist faith and message specifically mentions the all-powerful nature of God. What do we mean when we say God is all-powerful or omnipotent? I mean, there's nothing that he cannot do. Um, and all those omnis have to go together for any of them to mean anything. Correct. And mm-hmm. hold any value. Because mm-hmm. you could have somebody who's all-powerful, but dumb as a box of rocks. Right, <laughs> so right. What does right. that mean? Right. Um, or you could have somebody who's all powerful, but they're a billion miles away, so I don't really have to worry about them. They don't know who I am. They don't know me, so they're not affecting me. But in God, you have somebody who's everywhere all the time, omnipresent. Mm-hmm. You have, he's omniscient, so he's all knowing. He knows everything. And on top of that, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has all the resources to accomplish all his tasks, which is a good thing because he's all knowing. Yeah. He knows everything. So if there's anybody who should have that power, it's the one who's all knowing. Yeah. And then the comforting thing is, and he's everywhere all the time. Nothing escapes his sight. He's, he's everywhere at all time. So he's all knowing he's everywhere and all powerful. And, then he's made himself known. Yeah. So it's not like he's just wandering around, just messing with people and destroying. No, he's, he's made himself known mm. in a way to have a relationship. But that's what makes this so fascinating and why you want to study mm-hmm. this and, and know this. But also, it leaves you in awe. Right. Especially mm-hmm. when you get to the incarnation then. Right. I mean, he, was, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself. See, whenever you step down from this, and he didn't even, the way he, <laughs> stood, he stepped down yeah. was by taking to himself humanity, yeah. not by getting rid of his divinity, no, right, yeah. mm-hmm. but by taking to this, he highlights the depth of his love. Yeah. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. that's. Mm-hmm. And so these are just things that are so foreign that, because when you think about all powerful, right? There are things that I want to accomplish on a given day. And I think we all kind of work this way where we have like these little tasks. But even within my own little world and realm, I do not have the power to accomplish my tasks. One little thing throws me off. Mm. You know, you're like, I'm going to mow the grass today. You go out, I don't have any gas. Oh my gosh. Now I got to go get gas. Well, now I'm out of time. 
I've run out of time. I can't even mow my yard day. And you're like, I'm not even powerful enough to mow my grass today. What happens mm. when you live forever away? It takes forever <laughs> to get the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> just, three minutes from a gas station. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Man, much. three minutes throws your day off. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just... Yeah, absolutely. So you're bound by time. Yeah. yeah. You're bound by your power. Mm-hmm. You're bound by... Um, our bodies. Um, our bodies. Well, anything. I'm bound by my brain You're because there's by. things I want to do, but I can't sure. figure out how to do it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like bound by your knowledge. Let's but say let's say the problem is my car my car won't start. Right. Like well, my brain doesn't have the capacity to know how to fix it. Because yeah. I haven't learned yeah. that maybe, you know. Yeah. And yeah. a verse that came to my mind when we're asking the question, what does it mean that God is all powerful? Is in Psalm one fifteen, the writer of this psalm's comparing the God of Israel to the God of the nations. And he says, uh, verse two, why should the nation say, where is their God? Like, kind of like, they, they don't, where is it? I can't see him. Mm-hmm. Or they don't have, mm-hmm. like, his representative idol here or whatever. Yeah. And the next verse says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. So and when it comes yeah. to the that God is all-powerful, it means that if, if it pleases God to do something, he does it. Yeah. You know? And that's that's also speaking to his authority. He, he can do it. That's... You know, he has the right to do it. And that's... Yeah. That's a great verse right yeah. there. Yeah, he does yeah. all that he pleases. And I think um, we are we are also, um, as creatures as well, we are moved upon by other people. See, we are moved by other things. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I mean, that's obvious to see right now. Gas right. is for something. Sure. And what causes that? Something all the way around the right. world. We are affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but God is never affected by anything. He affects everything. Mm. Yeah, because he is he is that's part of the uh, he is independent as well. He is by himself. He's self-sustaining. There's just so many different uh, and this points is we the talk rub about. I think for a lot of people is they don't that verse that Scott read. What verse was that again? Uh, Psalm one fifteen verse three. They don't like this about God. Yeah, correct. When they hear God does as He pleases, they think that's unloving. God has right. mercy on whom he has mercy. Right? Yeah, and this right. is this is what pushes them away, I think, to really study scripture sometimes. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. They want to hear about a God who allows them to do what they want. That they can control. That they can kind of control with prayers or with whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of a puppet God. And I don't think they would word it that way. But when you, you're going to deny that, when you're going to like hear that verse, be like, oh, that, that can't mean that. <laughs> yes, it does. This is how big he is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is how different he is from you. And again, that that's the whole trying to set ourselves up is what is running your life? Uh, maybe we yeah. talked about this in the scripture passage, but yeah. what is your standard? Right. Is it mine? And this is what we continue to battle. Right. And I have to be willing to say, God, you can do as you please. You sure. you are God. I, I, I don't have a say in that. And part of it is recognizing that whatever God does it pleases him yeah, it's to for do. good and it is it means it is good mm-hmm. because it it pleases him he's mm-hmm. the one that gets to define yeah. that and mm-hmm. so we uh i think along the same lines mm-hmm. of that conversation of is that we when we look at god and we see he's revealed to us what he has done what he is doing those are the things that pleases god yeah and if it pleases god to do that that means that it is good right mm-hmm. because right. he is good that's where we, def- you know, Correct. derive what all of that is. Correct. Yeah. And I think as you, it, w- the verse, the chapters that come to mind when we start talking about these kinds of things about the doctrine of God are the last part, last half of chapter nine of Romans, um, where Paul is, you start hitting the rub about if God is really this way, then why can't I blame him for everything that's wrong in the world? Mm-hmm. And Paul says, no, 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 no. 
you can't talk back to God. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out, right? And this is where we start saying you're on holy ground. And similarly, the last part of uh, Romans chapter 11, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid. So, um, yeah, I think, I think whenever you start talking about, um, these things about God, you're like, I can't understand them. But I think part of the point is to get some description about what we're talking about with God, but then ultimately to drive us to our knees, to where we get to the point to where we do say, I can't, it's unsearchable, his judgments, his ways are beyond, his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my ways, but he knows all my ways, and he knows all my thoughts, mm-hmm. and my times are in his hand, and um, I think that's part of the point, is to drive us to our knees. Um, he also says he's all-knowing, and, and we don't have, I mean, I think we, many of us can can understand this, uh, and the point, right, is that God knows all things, um, because some people will say, well, God is still learning. God, God wakes up, and he learns, and he's progressively learning and seeing what you're going to do, and God is waiting to react to what you do. Um, that's far different. God is not a reactive God. Mm-mm. He is a proactive God. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't in creation, he didn't say, I really hope the earth will come and let's see if the earth decides to, to follow my invitation to be created. Mm-hmm. I hope the waters will team with creatures. Maybe. No, he speaks and it happens. Um, so God and God knows, knows all things and, and, and foresees all things and, and determines really all things, decrees all things. Um, lastly, um, when we talk about who God is, well, I guess God is praiseworthy. It says here as well, we owe him the highest love, reverence, um, and obedience. Um, we, many of our songs are, are about this. He's worthy of everything that we, that we can, that our anthems can raise, uh, to him as our holy King. Um, <clears throat> And then uh, lastly, God is triune. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is where some of those terms also really come into play because the traditional way to understand the Trinity has been to say that God, there is one God who is, God is one being in three persons, one being or nature. So you might think about this. He is one what and three who. Hmm. There's only one example instance of the divine nature, but God eternally exists in three co-equal coexisting persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, quick question here. Is it necessary, I'm not saying that we will grasp or a new Christian will right away understand, I mean, or even be able to formulate correctly a, a, or at a basic level the idea of the Trinity but how important is the doctrine of the Trinity for our local church and for your Christian life? Um, is it something you really need to touch? Um, uh, or is it something you can just put off till way later on in your Christian life to think about? Church history would tell us it's very important, that it's essential. It's one of the main essentials. And it's something that we do have to be careful about because there are churches out there who do not believe in Trinity. They mm-hmm. would say they believe in God and Jesus, but they will declare Jesus to be a creation or something else. Uh, and so we have to know this. Our faith does stand on it. And so uh, 
it is it is essential. Um, yet still, you know, you'll have a faith of a child. You know, we need to have that, and so we don't want to water that down. It is a simple gospel message that we need to share. Um, but it is it is something that we have to hold on to. And if someone in our church was holding on to a different stance, saying, I don't think I believe in the training, but this, well, that's a problem. Right. That's where we have to have a discussion, then you probably shouldn't be a part of this church. You know, yeah. If you really do believe, if you that. really do believe right, that, right. yeah, then we we really have to talk through this uh, and wade through this. So it's it's a vital importance. Correct. Yeah, because the early church, it's fascinating. The thing they really um, had to hammer out was this. I mean, the the uh, Nicene Creed, right, came around three twenty five. Later on, was uh, amended in three eighty one. Um, but that was the early church getting people together to say, what are we going to believe about who Jesus is? Mm -hmm. And this is why there was that, uh, early church father, Athanasius, who, uh, was, who fought for a very long time. Right. Yeah. Athanasius against the world. And he was fighting for decades because he believed that Jesus, the, in the divinity of Jesus Christ so strongly, he was willing to be kicked out of his pulpit. Mm-hmm. Multiple, he had to be exiled multiple times um, and fought for this because some people would say, well, it's okay, Jesus, yeah, he's of a similar nature with the Father. And some people will say, yeah, of course. And there are some people who meant that in a good way that would have agreed with us. And there are some people, though, that were very devious and were willing to slick through with words and saw loopholes. And that's why it was so important to say, no, he's of the same nature with the Father, equal with the Father. And, um, and, and similarly, later on, you know, church councils, you see further refining uh, this doctrine, the, 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 the Council of Chalcedon, mm. um, or the, uh, there's another creed called the Athanasian Creed, um, <clears throat> that all these things are really, the early church really thought, this is something that's very important for you to know. Um, this is the Christian faith. And um, if people come along and say, no, 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 those things aren't Christianity. Those are additions. The, the reality is, is we believe they're very faithful reflections of the biblical text. And our Baptist tradition has been strongly Trinitarian. Um, uh, our theologians in the past have strongly reaffirmed the doctrine of the Trinity as essential mm. to what you, you can't deny the Trinity and be a Christian church. It's impossible. Right. So I mean, it comes down to the question, who are we worshiping? Right. And right. it's the, it's the, I mean, like you said, yeah. I think we started with the, the first commandment. Yeah. You shall have no other gods before me. Well, how, who is God? Right. It's answering that question. That's right. If you, if you can't answer that, well, you don't know what religion, I mean, who, who are yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's exactly right. That's who, and who's, that's whose name you were baptized into. Mm-hmm. The father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not in the names, but the one name mm-hmm. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and, and similarly, it's all over the text of Scripture, um, the, the doctrine of the Trinity. And so, yeah, it's reaffirmed in the Baptist faith and message, mm-hmm. and, um, and actually later on it goes through each of the three persons. We won't do that here. Um, but yeah, if you want to read that, I would, I would encourage you to. Um, but the doctrine of the Trinity is very important for the Christian life, um, and uh, probably the most common heresy I hear today on the Trinity is modalism Modalism. from people. Modalism, Patrick. And I think that they're trying their best to explain it and they don't realize what they're doing. Mm -hmm. What What I mean by that is like today I'm God, the father, Mm -hmm. but pretty soon I got to go wear the hat of 
God right. the Son. And right. so the Father then wears the hat. Now I'm now I'm God the Son. Mm-hmm. And now currently is wearing the hat of God the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, just, sim- just like I'm currently uh, fulfilling my pastoral role, but in a little bit I got to go home and fulfill my dad role. Right. Right. Um, that that was declared heresy long ago. Uh, modalism, what we're what we're talking about, we can't mm-hmm. say that because that, that's the whole distinctness. Yeah, in there. Yeah, right. Uh, that's probably the most common one though that I hear, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's like people fighting for it. But when they're right. trying to explain the Trinity, that's right. just the route they go, and it's sure. like no. We can't say that because it sounds like you're talking about one individual bouncing around from job to job. Right. Right. And so the God the Father wasn't there when God the Son was here. Right. It creates problems, too, in Scripture when you see, like, at the baptism of -hmm. of Jesus, Mm -hmm. all three were present there. Right. Right? God the Father speaking from heaven, Mm -hmm. Jesus in his incarnation, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Mm -hmm. There's there's no modalism there. They're all three there simultaneously. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 But I just wanted to bring that up in this because some people, you know, and the Jeho- like so Jehovah's Witnesses would deny the divinity of Jesus, right? You know, they he would, was first they would be created first or something. Created, they say. Yeah, so they would they would deny the Mormons would believe in a polytheism really of sorts where yeah, there's right. there's the Father and the Son are two distinct beings and two distinct examples of divinity. There's not one being of God. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. yeah, obviously and Lucifer is the bad seed that right. broke away. Yeah, <laughs> the brother of Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. This doctrine, yeah, has been attacked on all sides, um, but we want to hold it uh, firmly, and that's why we sing, um, uh, sing about it in our hymns uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, okay, well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope it's should been we close with holy, holy, holy? Yeah, go ahead, Scott. Would you please sing that? Open that. Everybody no. can sing it with me. Yeah, you <laughs> no. should hear Scott sing in the family class. By the way, you shouldn't. It doesn't no, sound I hear like Scott sing next to me. In the one time, the one time I told you, he he shouted at us in class like you didn't sing loud enough. <laughs> that <laughs> was I was funny. That was shocking to everybody <laughs> oh, in the like class when I yeah. started shouting. He said yeah. sometimes I whisper whenever I sing. You know, we say we sing. Let's see how softly it's like we can singing sing with it. your kids, making it fun. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, we're going to sing it really oh, loud," oh, and then gosh. like we, you know, he. I, I told his him, face do it was as red. Loud as you can. Yeah. His face was red, and he's shouting. <laughs> I love it. And everyone was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey, do it with your kids. They'll enjoy it. I yes. promise." Yes, yes, I hear you. <laughs> we were singing nothing but the blood. My kids would that stare was? at me very. Yeah. Weird. It was. Yeah. yeah, that's. See, sing all your songs like that at home with your kids, mm-hmm. and you will remember them. You just mm-hmm. like screamo music. I can deal with it. I know you yeah. can. I can't do that. That's awesome. Don't that was it was very memorable, Scott. You got your point across. Is that, that the only Sunday. thing you remembered? No. That Sunday. That's uh, that why one. you sing songs. Yes. They're memorable. Yes, They're memorable. Even the bad ones. Even the bad ones. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. All that, right. On that note. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and uh get the intro music here. I'm gonna mute everybody else. <laughs>